Welcome to the Coming Clean Podcast with your host, Peter O. For over 25 years, entrepreneur, speaker, and CEO Peter O. Estevez has built businesses all over the world, and today he shares his experiences, failures, and successes along the side of some of the most sought-after thought leaders to help you pave your way to success. Please welcome to the show your host, Peter O. Estevez. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Coming Clean Podcast. Welcome. Today we have an incredible guest, our friend, Henry Kimensky. Hello, Henry. How are you? Peter, thanks for having me, my friend. I'm excited to have you, Henry. You have an incredible resume. Uh, you've done a lot for entre- entrepreneurship. And I'm going to go into your resume here, here in a minute. But how are things back at home? How are things oh, you know, with, those, with everything going on across the world? I don't want to call it a mess. I want to call it a movement. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're in New Jersey, uh, born and raised in New Jersey, and uh, things are actually turning, loosening up a little bit. Uh, we're one of the most affected that have been hit with COVID, um, besides New York uh, and California. Um, and things are really starting to break up a little bit, which is good. My little guy's going back. I have a uh, two and a half year old son. He's going back to school. Uh, well, the schools open up in June 15th, but we're going to bring them back a little bit later just so they can, you know, iron out the kinks a little bit. Um, restaurants and, and, and um, spas and things are starting to open up. Uh, I think June 15th is the date for that. So things are, things are looking up. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm always half glass. I'm always glass half full. That's why you've been successful in life. Henry, let me talk about you a little bit. Uh, you are the founder of Unique Designs which is a full-service design, branding, and digital marketing agency that is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs uh, grow their brands, scale their profits, and increase their exposure online. You are also the host of Brand Doctor Podcast, incredible podcast, by the way. Thank you. And, uh, of course, you are a self-taught graphic designer, uh, a brand consultant, and you have built a very successful business with working with professionals as Jamba and Joby, uh, Fabio Bibiani, as well as internet marketing expert of Russell Brunson, who has named me, uh, name Henry the million dollar brander. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of fun working with those guys. And you actually had one funnel, one click funnel that generated over a million dollars on a single sales funnel. Tell us a little bit about that and tell us about the beginning of your career, how you got started. Sure. Well, it's 13 years in the making and I feel like I'm just getting started. <laughs> uh, That's so a I good started- attitude to have, by the way. What's that? That is a great attitude to have. You just getting started because we oh, just yeah. get it started every day, don't we? Oh, for sure. You know, I wake up every day like, what's three things I can learn today? You know, I always tell my clients, I'm going to be a forever student. If you're coming to me because you think I know everything, don't hire me because I don't. (laughs) But um, yeah, so it started about 13 years ago. Um, I always was a go-getter and and hustler from the beginning. My father raised me by himself. Um, 
at the age of 10, my parents got divorced, unfortunately. Uh, but he raised me by himself and, you know, he was working four jobs to make sure that there was food on the table and clothes on my back and, um, you know, help me get through college and things like that. And he, I was mowing lawns at 13 years old. So that work ethic he instilled in me, uh, came in handy once I started my business. But let me back up a quick second. You know, one of the quests that I'm on in my life is to help people find their true potential and not waste their talents doing what they love to do. Okay. God bless me with that ability to do that for myself. And I want to share that and give that to as many people as I can before I'm gone uh, physically. Right. Uh, but so there is a story that my mom used to tell when I was a kid, God rest her soul. She used to say to all of her girlfriends that I was her miracle baby and it took 16 years to have me. And I never understood what that story meant until I got older. I thought women were pregnant for 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't about that at all. It wasn't about that at all. Um, it was uh, my parents, when they got married, they wanted to have a family right away. And unfortunately, medicine isn't what it is today. So they had a really difficult time. There was issues with my father. There was issues with my mother and they couldn't figure it out. I don't know about you, Pete, but trying anything for 16 years and failing over and over and over again, I don't know if I would be able to go that long, quite frankly, without trying to pivot or just throw in the towel and figure something else out. You know, maybe this isn't meant to be, you know, all these things start to play in your head, right? But these two nutcases went at it for 16 years and eventually medicine got better. They found out what was wrong. They went in for a, a quick surgery and boom, here I was you know, uh, here, here I am nine months later. Right. And then two years after that, my mom is in the kitchen doing her thing. I'm in the, I'm in my bed, in my crib, uh, sleeping, you know, two years old, she comes in and I'm blue and unresponsive looking almost dead in the, in the crib. So <clears throat> they, she rushed, they rushed me to the hospital and they come to find out that due to poor nutrition, I lost all the salt in my body and I was, I was damn near dead. Wow. But they got me, they got me back to life and, you know, here I am today, you know? So I hear this story growing up as a kid and I, there, immediately things in my head go, dude, you're on borrowed time. You better make the best of this journey. And that refusal to give up on what it is that these two individuals, my mother and father wanted in their life. They, they, they wanted a child so bad you know, they, they went at it for 16 years. So ever since then, I've always had this refuse to give up, never give up mentality, which has led me to a very successful, not easy, not easy, but successful business career. Well, you definitely have perseverance in your, in, in your DNA and obviously success as well. You know, uh, as you said, not easy. You know, uh, working with Banjovi and working with Fabio and, of course, with Russell Brunson has not come easy. As a matter of fact, there was a time when you were overdrawn $2,500 in your bank account yeah. and you were about to give up. And you actually took a course, Russell Brunson course, to get back on track. And within a couple of months, almost a year, you generated over $500,000 in income. And that was somewhat the beginning of your 
yeah. rebuilding your business. Tell us about that process and what happened. Why would somebody that is overdrawn in their bank account, $2,500, goes and gets more into debt to take a course? <laughs> That's a good question, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. You know, here was my mentality when I was going through that struggle. So let's, we'll rewind a little bit. So to give them more context, right? So I went to college for communication, never, never went to a formal uh, classroom setting to learn design or branding or marketing or anything like that. Okay. I went to college to be an accountant, believe it or not. And then I took my first economics class and I was like, no, thanks. Too boring for me personally. Right. So I, I, I was like, well, what am I good at? Well, I love people. I love to talk. I love getting in front of people and leading and well, let's go down this rabbit hole and see what happens. So <clears throat> when I got out of college, it was right out of, right by nine, it was right, right around nine 11, nobody was hiring. So I leveraged my, my uncle's connections. Cause he, he knew that I was struggling a little bit and he got me into this local hospital. So the first five years was brutal because they started me at the bottom. You know, I was cleaning coffee pots, checking insurances. It wasn't anything awesome, but they, they paid for my, they, when I found out that they were going to pay for a continuing education, I said, well, why don't I go get my master's degree and I'll, I'll, I'll get some sort of managerial position here or something like that once I graduate. So I went through that. I was 23 years old with a master's degree Nobody wanted to hire me though, because I had no experience. So that was really frustrating. And I kept getting those doors slammed in front of me. And then so finally- actually, so, so, so you actually follow the traditional generational course of life. You go to school, get a degree, and go get a job so you can move up the ladder. And that failed for you. It did. It did. It, I, think that was a, I think that was eight years wasted, quite frankly. Um, if I were to spend that kind of money again- uh, I would spend it way differently. I would take whatever whatever my father had uh, was paying for tuition, and I would dump that into uh, entrepreneurial uh, life less or entrepreneurial uh, teachings. Like I would I would hire a coach. You know what I mean? That is doing what I'm doing, what uh, doing what I want to do successfully, and just give him the money or her the money and have them teach me. Right. Because I don't remember much from college, quite frankly, other than all the social events that I got involved in Absolutely. academics. I don't I don't remember because all it was was memorize this so you can pass this test. Right. And that's what I did. And nothing. Got you may, and we, we used to memorize it and then forget it. I said nothing was retained. Pete, nothing, nothing. So <clears throat> what I found out was. Uh, there was this position in the children's hospital, ironically, um, uh, in the sudden infant death syndrome center. And this particular uh, department was in charge of fundraising for SIDS. And for those folks that don't know what SIDS is, it's when a child under the age of one years old dies unexpectedly with no cause. So it's a really uh, awful and tragic event uh, that somebody would have to, that's, that some of these folks have gone through um, but it was, it, it didn't frighten me. It didn't scare me. I wanted to help these folks. I knew that they needed my help. And, and the way that I was able to help them was to create these fundraising events and raise money for SIDS and then take that money and host events for all the families in the state of New Jersey that lost the baby to SIDS 
and have them all come together for support. So that was my role for five years. So they finally gave me that position. I, I, I went to like five interviews for that position. Like I was not, I was not going down easy <laughs> and, 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 and I finally got it. And so what happened was um, Z100, one of the biggest radio stations in the, in the country, in the world, really. Um, I reached out to them cold Turkey. I said, Hey, I'm doing a, an event for SIDS. Would you, would you sponsor it? And they came on board and I realized, Oh crap, I need to market this bad boy. So I need, uh, designs and flyers and promos and things. So my buddy was a graphic designer and he was a club promoter at the time, a nightlife club promoter. And, uh, he says, why don't you do it at my club? And I'll, I'll take take care of all the design work for you. I said, sure. So I sit next to him and he's designing these flyers for me and I'm going, Oh my God, is this graphic design? This is what this stuff is. And I, I just got bit by the creative bug. Fast forward, got my boss to pay for the Photoshop program. And I started doing all the in-house design work now. And then I just started to build my skill sets, build my skill set. And over the were, were you finally were you just following the program? Were you was YouTube around at that time, or were there any tutorials? <laughs> Pete, it was trial and error, my man. Okay, you know okay. there were there was there was you. I mean, I was digging into YouTube a little bit to get some ideas and things like that. Um, what I would try to do is I would take a design that already existed and try to re- redesign it from, from sure. scratch, sure. and that's how I taught myself, right? Um, so I would start with the basic stuff and then I would get into more of the in- intricate stuff. And you know what it did? It taught my brain how to solve problems. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it did. So fast forward, things were getting a little rocky at the hospital. Economic crisis hits in 2008, you know, and so they're they're doing a lot of downsizing. And they start, they start seeing what's going on with me because they see me – I got – who's this guy with this new car and uh, he's taking days off. And so he, they kind of saw like the writing on the wall a little bit. So they started repositioning me in my, in my position there. And it, half of the day I was like filing papers for some director okay. and right. So they started like quarantining me off from my computer. So eventually they came to me and said, Henry, you know, things are getting really tight here. If you stay here, um, you're going to be somebody's secretary next year and it's up to you. I mean, you could stay, uh, but you have an opportunity to leave too, you know, but it's up to you completely. And so I was like, I got to go. Like, this is my calling. I got to go. But it wasn't easy to make that decision. I mean, I went to my uncle who actually helped me get that job in the first place. And I said, what do I do? And this is one of the things that, that helped me make the right decision. So he owns a big construction company. And when I went to him, I was making a decent penny with my side hustle design gigs, but I don't know if I didn't know if it was going to hold my uh, sustain a, a lifestyle, right? So I went to him and I told him what was going on, and I said, "You know, Uncle Joe, worst case, you know, worst case scenario, can I just come here and work?" And he's like, "Well, what would you do here? Like, I don't want to put you behind a shovel. You're a bright kid. Uh, what if we run out of work? Or what if you mess up a big project? Like." I don't want to be in that pickle. I don't want to, that's a, that's a funky situation for me, your uncle to be in. He says, but I'll tell you what, let me talk to my daughter. Let me talk to my vice president. Let me see if there's a spot for you. I'll get back to you. You know, the famous Italian, Sure, sure. let me get back to you. And uh, I said, okay. So I waited two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, nothing. So I said, you know what? I think he gave me his answer. And that was it. I said, that's my answer. I'm going on my own. 
and I will fi- figure this out on my own. So first year out of business, uh, first year out of my own, I did $248,000 in revenue by myself, one man wow, band. that's incredible. Yeah, just cranking. So fast forward, uh, after the first 36 months, I made my first million dollars. And then after that, I, was, I, I, I just kept cranking, cranking and cranking. But here's the one thing that I want to share. You know, I came from a very humble beginning. So I, I didn't, my father, you know, he would take me to Canal Street in, in Chinatown in New York City uh, to get my school clothes. Like I wasn't wearing Jordans as a kid. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I didn't have a lot of money growing up. Like we just had the bare minimum. But when I went to go visit Uncle Joe and I saw the lifestyles of the rich and famous, you know, and how he lived, I was like, I want that. So when I got into some of my own money, I spent every penny every penny. And I was left with nothing when things started to shrivel up for me. And and when you say you spend every penny, obviously you spend it frivolously. You were not making right decisions. You were not making business decisions. You were just, you didn't know how to manage money. Bottom line. I did not. I did not. You know, and I had this chip on my shoulder a little bit. I'm not going to lie, Pete. You know, um, I wanted to be the one nephew, the one cousin, uh, you know, that didn't have to work for Uncle Joe and he was going to make it on his own. And with that, you chip are. On, you are. <laughs> right. Right. Well, what happened was I did a lot of stupid things that made them resent me okay. instead of feel being being proud of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, I don't regret those decisions because I believe that I had to make those mistakes in order to tell my story today and to learn my lesson. But at the end of the day, uh, I know what not to teach my son, you know, if he ever wants to start his own business. I, I, absolutely. And I want to touch on that a little bit because uh, it sounds to me like you come from a uh, generation very similar to mine. I'm Hispanic. Uh, my parents were traditional, blue collar no education. Uh, my father lived paycheck to paycheck. I am the first one in the family that got out and made it. And uh, I still had all those demons of generational cycles pulling me back, you know, mismanagement of money, you know, not, not how to make the wise decisions, drinking too much, partying too much, womanizing, all the things that hold us back because there's nobody to mentor us along the way because our parents were not thought to be mentor, okay? As a matter of fact, they frown upon us getting a mentor, which is something that you and I do today. I mean, I run a multi-million dollar business and I cannot operate without a business coach and a mentor, okay? Or a series of mentors. And they don't necessarily need to be paid coaches. They can be cyber coaches. You know, people that I follow that I see on the internet, you know, people that are doing things that are that, that, that are changing and shaping the world. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I wanted I, I, I want for our audience to understand that sometimes some of the decisions that we are making, they are the school of hard knocks that are teaching us those decisions. Okay. But unfortunately today, people don't need to go to school of hard knocks. They can go to Google. They can go to Facebook. They can join a group. They can go to Instagram. They can find a coach. They can find a mentor. They can, you know, there's, there's, endless resources available for us not to travel the same journey that you and I had to go through. That's right. That's right. And, and, and that's what I encourage everybody to do. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I have this we mentality, not a me mentality. When I first started my business, I had a me mentality, me, 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 what's in it for me. I don't care about you. What's in it for me. I'm a taker. I'm not a giver. I'm a taker. You give me money. I'll give you what you want. 
That's it. Period. End of story. That's not going to get you far in entrepreneurship. When did that change, uh, Henry? When did that change? When did that mentality change from being me? Because, you know, again, I can relate to that. Selfish, self-centered is about me. But that's because we come, we come, we don't, we're seeking resources. We're not seeking to be resourceful. Correct. So what happened was when I got it, so when I ran the business down into the ground, so I was making all this money, but spending it, whatever. And then, you know, all it took was a little, uh, little brisk wind to knock me off kilter. And <laughs> literally that's what happened. Hurricane Sandy came in, wiped out two of my biggest clients. I couldn't make that money back up. I couldn't make it up. There's 220000 $250,000 a year out of two clients. And when they um, reestablished themselves after the hurricane, they were like, Henry, we can't use you no more. We got an in-house team. So how does somebody make that up? You, you don't. But I didn't want to show everybody that I was failing. So I just kept spending, kept doing what I was doing. And what I realized was I'm at my wits end. I'm negative 2,500 in my bank account. I got nothing left. I don't even have, I don't feel like I even have, uh, I'm not the same person anymore. I'm losing myself in this thing, right? And that's when I said, I need help. So I reached out to Russell, got into his program. That was a beautiful, that was just a beautiful stepping stone. He helped me realize one of my superpowers, which was me. And I, I went a thousand percent into that and really started to put my personality out there. Uh, he hired me on the spot, which was crazy. That was one of my first high ticket projects was helping him with his first book launch, .com Secrets, which later on a couple months down the road, he wound up bringing me on board to uh, help him brand ClickFunnels, the company ClickFunnels. And then I, I worked with him for two and a half years. And after six, about six months after we departed, after all the work was done, he hit $100 million with his business. Wow. And that will be forever written in my memoir as being part of that journey. And that's where I got the million dollar brander from. You know, that's where he got it from, right? So long story short, when I was... In that moment of despair, I said to myself, it's not if this coaching works, it's when this coaching works that I will get out of this mess. And this is only temporary. This is only part of the journey. This isn't forever. And that was my mentality. And so I would just work and work and work and work on myself. But here's the one thing that hit me. I, in his coaching program, I was surrounded by peers. And one of these guys was like a mindset coach, if you will. And one of the, so we started talking and we, we started a relationship and he was telling me like what, well, he was telling me like, cause I was complaining to him about work, right? I, like I wasn't satisfied with it anymore. There was something missing. There was a void. And I was telling him why I was like, no, oh, my client just get one bad client after the other. And da, 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 da. And he starts asking me these questions. And finally he was like, there's no surprise to me, Henry, you're getting what you deserve. You are just getting the same person that you are over and over and over again. And that wow. was huge for me to wake up. And that's when I switched my mindset because I said, look at you. You're pretentious. Look at you. You're very hollow inside. Look at you. You're not the person that you think you are. Look at you. You're a, you're a fraud. Like You're a fraud to yourself to yourself. And 
And that's when I was really hard on myself, Pete, back in the day. I'm much softer to myself now, mind you. But I realized that I was just getting the mirror of myself. Henry, we are all victims of our environment. We is often say that we are the total sum of the five people that we spend time with, we're around, okay? How do you make that mind shift from being accustomed to that pattern of behavior for 20 something odd years? How, first of all, there has to be a revelation and the revelation you just told, you know, you just shared with us a revelation, right? Somebody yep. came to you and told you, you're getting what you put out, right? But the hard part is accepting that and then making this shift. Okay, so, so, so what, what did you actually do to make that shift? What was your first step? So I realized where, where, where I was going wrong, so to speak, and it was selfishness. It was always worrying about myself over everything else, everything else, right? And I understand the whole philosophy, you got to put your mask on first before you, you know, if you, to, before you can help someone else, you got to help yourself. I get that. But I was just helping myself. I wasn't helping anybody else. Sure. You, you so, put on the mask and you walked away. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Right. And, and here's, here was sort of my, the voice in my head said, if you continue this behavior, you will get much of the same. When you change your behavior, you will get different outcomes. Period. Like when you listen to all of this stuff, like if you ever read the book, The Secret or any of those like woo-woo books, right? They'll all say the same thing. If you, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. And that was sort of the mantra in my head. So I had to make a move. Otherwise I was going to continue to get what I deserve. Henry, you're an emotional dude. You're an emotional guy. I mean, you came from a, you know, at the time, solid family, you know, your parents, they stuck together for at least 18 years to make sure, you know, 16 trying to have you, you know, 16 years trying to conceive you and then see you through your, through your uh, 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 medical complications that you had. Yeah. Um, where did you develop that, 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 that selfish self-centeredness? You know, there's, there's, there's part of you that is very caring, very compassionate, very given. In fact, uh, you, you quoted a, a time where you were playing soccer and you were, uh, uh, you know, you were not very good at playing soccer. Uh, and everybody is screaming, and all of a sudden, in a crowd of 400 people, you looked out and you saw your father cheering for you, and uh, and and that moved you to the point to where all you saw was a ball, and you 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 score your first goal you had ever scored, you know. And and what that tells me, I'm an emotional person, right? So what that tells me is that you are emotionally grounded and connected. Okay, so there was a shift somewhere that that drove you to change from that emotional connection to making it about Henry. What happened? How did that take place? That is a great question, Pete. That was, a, this is the first time, honestly, I've done hundreds of episodes and interviews and I've never, I've been never asked that question. And man, this is going to be helpful for not only me, but for your audience. So here's what happened. I was a, I was a, I was a big mush in my teenage years. I had a very hard time dating because I would, I would wear my heart on my sleeve, right? And I would give, 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 give. And I would get just trampled on by girl, 
girls. Like girls didn't, you know, girls wanted the tough guy. They wanted the, you know what I mean? They wanted the, 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 they always went after what they couldn't get. Right. And, the bad boy, the bad boy. Right. The bad boy. And I yeah, never, they don't played, want, they, 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 and I'm going to speak ugly. They don't want the pussy. They want the bad boy right. at, that, at that age. Right. So I, I, I just kept getting my ass handed to me when it came to dating. Right. And so I never, I never really had a, a, a long lasting relationship because I just kept, just kept getting slaughtered by these girls. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was, so I, I finally get a little bit older and I start to play the game a little bit. And I meet a, a woman who was four years older than me. I was 24. She was 28. And we had a quick 10 month relationship, but there was a lot to be learned from that relationship. A lot, a lot to be learned about trust and a lot to be learned about. And what I realized right at that, when all that went sour, I was like, Henry, you need, you need to change. Like you need to worry about yourself. You're so worried about everybody else all the time that you're, you know, you, you're getting left in the dust. And it was, it, that was a really hard breakup about, took me about a year to get over that, that whole relationship. Right. And I learned a lot and it was, it was right at that breaking point where I said, you're going stole, you're going, you're going stone cold Steve Austin from here on out. And I, I developed this, this armored armor around me, if you will. And I got really, it wasn't good, Pete. I'm not saying that this is a good thing to do. I'm saying, but I got really, I got really tough. Right. And, and, you know, I, I, I just went all in on that and eventually it did catch up to me right. because I realized that like living is living is truly for giving. Like you, you live a fulfilling life when you actually give when, versus when you take. I, I, absolutely. So you take this course and your life changes. And where are you today? Yeah. So <laughs> it's crazy. So we, we have that relationship with, with Russell Brunson for two and a half years and um, I'm helping him. He's helping me. And I learned so much in the digital marketing space, but when it comes to branding uh, one of the things that I realized when my business was struggling the first time was that I, as a graphic designer, wasn't delivering enough value to the marketplace anymore because everything was changing. Fiverr was coming out and all these different technologies were coming out. So how the hell do you keep up? Well, you got to figure out what they need and what they want. What do I mean by who? The people that you truly want to serve. And what do they need the most? Well, it's a digital revolution. Everybody's moving their business online. Back then it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a nice to have, you know, now during COVID and all of this stuff, it's a must have to have your business online and, 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 and in some sort of digital platform. Right. So back then I realized that sales and marketing funnels were the key. They were the stepping stone to provide more value. So when I dove into that click funnel software, I learned everything I could possibly learn about it. And I started taking my design skill set, which I was really good at. And I started designing funnels for people to help them grow their businesses online. That's where I leveled up the value that I was delivering to my audience. And then what happened was that started to catch fire. And I realized if you're going to scale to seven figures, you can't do this all by yourself. You got to build out a team. And that's when I started to figure out, all right, well, what do I want to do five years from now? Where am I like, and what team players need to come involved? 
it to make me get there, to help me get there. So I realized I need a strategist because I don't know much about strategy. So I worked with a strategist for, I think it was seven, eight months, learned everything I could about um, strategy, brand strategy from him. And then I was like, you could do this. You got the framework. Now you could do it. So I started becoming a, more of a strategist. And then I was like, well, if I do the strategy, I can't do the designing and everything else. So I started to build out my team. So I built out my project manager. I built out my, my, my lead designer, my junior designer, my copywriter, my developers, my ClickFunnels developers. And I started to build my, what, what Russell Brunson used to call, um, well, I said it and he was like, this is perfect analogy. There was an old cartoon back in the day called Voltron. And Voltron, there was like eight, eight good guys. And when they came across a task that was too big to, to tackle all individually, they formed this one guy and they became Voltron. And that one guy was able to tackle that big project or that big enemy. And so I formed my Voltron and I went at it. And that was the start to scaling online and building my boutique agency. So we have a team of eight people now, including uh, me included. So there's, there's me plus seven. And we work with uh, entrepreneurs that are specific in wanting to grow and build their personal brands online. And we help them from everything from the strategy to the positioning to digital marketing strategy to what their brand needs to look like feel like, sound like. So we help them with all of that. And then once we get done with all that strategy, now we can build everything out. So the logo, the website, the funnel, the social media identity, all of that stuff we handle in a soup to nuts program called the brand accelerator program. And we only work with about 15 clients a year now. And it's been a, it's, it's been streamlined and refined over and over and over again, this business. And now I'm at the point where turning 40 this year. And I want, I want something that's sustainable. Doesn't need to necessarily be scalable because it supports my family the way we want it to support. And uh, I'm working with some really great clients that they're, they're, they're humble action takers that want to make the world a better place. And those are the folks that I'm looking to work with. Perfect. Incredible story. And that's a perfect way to what we want to talk about. We are in an era of change, transformation, innovation, evolution. You know, there's a lot of businesses as a result of C-19, as a result of the movement um, that is taking place today, um, uh, that um, they are struggling with their businesses. You know, there is a change, a movement of businesses from, 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 from being, uh, from being in an office space to what we call a digital form, a digital presence, okay? And that is where this is going. This is where, where everything is going. We're gonna see more of that. There's not gonna be, we're not gonna go back to the old ways. Those old ways are gone and people need to realize that, okay? So having said that, and you have done this multiple times and even pre uh, C19, you've done this, you've done the, you reinvented yourself, you innovated and you recreated the opportunities. And now you have a boutique that is tailor-made uh, for, for, for helping somebody transition that. Okay. What is the first step? What, what is your advice to businesses right now that are idle, 
They're not, they're, 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 they're hibernating. They're not 10 Xing. They're waiting for something to happen. Yeah. It's, it, that's a tough position to be in. You know, I always say like, what, what do you, what do you want to be remembered by at the end of the day? The one that sat in the corner and waited for this whole thing to blow over or the one that got in the, gotten to the captain's chair and said, this is going to get a little bumpy, but we're going through it. Right. Like these are when, these are the times that leaders in, are made, honestly, you know, I've, I've learned my hardest lessons when my back was up against the wall. So do you want to get flattened or do you want to be in control of your destiny? And that's something that, that I learned at a very young age. One of my favorite movies in the world is the Bronx tale. And the whole premise of the movie was the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And all of us have this amazing beauty inside of us. All of us. I am a firm believer of this. And it is a shame to be 80, 90 years old to look back and say, I should have, could have, would have. Like when I die, I could die tomorrow, Pete, and I will be happy with the way that I lived. I will. Absolutely. And when I'm 90, I'm going to feel the same way. So my, my advice to the people that are idle is, what are you waiting for? Like, what are you actually waiting for? Are you waiting for the right time? Cause we all know that never comes, you know, the right time is the, the, the minute you take the first step and the first action to what it is that you truly want period. Right. Right. And that's it. So you got to take that first step. Otherwise you will be in the same position and the same struggle and the same bitching and moaning that you were yesterday. And I don't play that game. You know, as a result of, 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 of traumatic experiences, maybe pe uh, many people become immobilized. They become paralyzed by lack of action. They become, you know, they're, they're, they, they're, call it PTSD, call it shock, call it whatever you call it. A lot of people don't react. And the first thing they start doing they, they go into a uh, survival mode and they start slashing costs. Let me cut my budget on this, my budget on that, my budget on this, my budget on that. And typically, typically the first thing that goes away is training and development or education rather, because we train pets, we educate and develop people. Uh, and of course, marketing budgets. Okay. Um, Biggest what mistake. would be, yeah, what would be your advice and, and how can people channel, forget resources, let's be resourceful, okay? How can people channel their energies into maintaining a, a brand where they don't sacrifice uh, their marketing, their presence? Because really today it's not about marketing, it's about a presence and a brand, right? Mm, yes, absolutely. So I can only speak from experience. So when COVID first hit, I immediately did an audit of my business. And I said, what are my nice to haves and what are my must haves? And we did, I, I did this with my project manager and, and it wasn't pretty, but there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I was working on, spending hundreds of thousands, well, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of dollars a month on that weren't necessarily move, needle movers. Like they were, they were, they were good to have, they were nice to haves, but they weren't must haves. Right. So things like SEO and things like that, like, yes. So an SEO expert will tell you 
that's a must have, right? But for me, paid advertising was a must have. That's going to help me get to where I want to be and in front of the right people much faster than SEO, search engine optimization, right? So I said, we got to cut SEO, but we'll take that money and we'll put it towards advertising. So we'll advertise more. We'll get and amplify our message more. Because here's the thing. When you turn your marketing off, you turn your business off, in my opinion, right? You might as well close the door. You might as well close the door. You might as well put a sheet around you and make believe nobody sees you because they don't. Right. And that, that is exactly what happens. You're absolutely right. People cut their marketing budgets and education. I amplified that. I took the money that I was saving with the nice to haves and I pushed it into things that were working for me, like Instagram influencer marketing. So I was spending a, maybe $1,500 a month on that, right? Paying other Instagram accounts that were bigger than mine with my audience following them. I would pay them a couple hundred dollars to put a post about me on their page. Okay. Right. And so that helped me get in front of a larger audience. So the money that I was saving, I put towards that. I grew my Instagram account to 153,000 people. Incredible. Now so, tell me about what resources are available today. And you and I know of many, okay, that are available today for any business, small, medium, large business that, that are free to have zero cost that they can utilize today to continue a branding presence. Not sell, because that's where people screw up. They want to get on the screen and they want to still push in the products, okay? You lose the audience. Brand, don't sell. That's correct. So a a couple of free resources that um, I think of right away is I go to YouTube and I start to think of who on what channels on YouTube have helped me tremendously. Um, there's a, there's a channel out there called the future. And this is my personal mentor. He comes, we, we meet once a month for an hour. Um, it's the future F U T U R. Um, and the guy who runs that is Chris Doe. And, uh, he has been personally mentoring me, uh, for the past two and a half years. Um, and, Great, great resource. Guy has won Grammy Awards, uh, Emmy Awards. I'm sorry, not Grammy, Emmy Awards for his work. He's worked with Coldplay and and big names. Um, So I learned a lot from him. Digitalmarketer.com is a great resource for newbies um, that want to learn digital marketing and get their feet wet. That's where I started. Digitalmarketer.com was a dollar free trial to get into their uh, Facebook group. And then I bought all their products, became certified, all this stuff. But they were great because they helped you walk through the process step by step. Uh, ClickFunnels, it's not free, uh, but it is a great way to start getting educated on how to use sales and marketing funnels. We didn't talk about that much today, but how to use what a sales and marketing funnel is and how to use it to scale your business online. Cause I'll tell you right now, if I didn't have a sales and marketing funnel inside of my business, there's no way I would have hit the seven figure mark. There's no way I would have the business that I have today. No way. Let's talk about it. What is a funnel? How does it work? And who should it? Sure. So there's two ways to look at it. There's the philosophy and theory, and then there's the, 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 the actual tool. So, the philosophy and theory of, of a marketing funnel is picture a funnel. It's wide at the top and skinny at the bottom, right? So at the top, you want to pour people into the funnel. So you want to attract people by creating awareness for your product or service. So once they get into the awareness phase of the funnel, 
you want to start to slide them down the funnel. And once they get to the bottom of the funnel, which is really narrow, that's where the actual transaction happens. So the process of the funnel really is to qualify a lead into a buying customer. And there's different ways you could do that as you funnel them down the process. So that's the theory. We've been going through funnels since the internet was alive, right? Every time we buy something online, it's a funnel, you know? Uh, look, seeing a print ad in a newspaper, that bring, right? That's awareness. Sure. Sure. Then it brings you to the store. You know, that's the next step of the funnel. And then you make the transaction, right? So we've been going through funnels since, since the beginning of time. Sure, it's a process of el- elimination. That's correct. Now, the actual vehicle or tool sales funnel That's a series of landing pages or website pages that help the customer get indoctrinated into what it is that you are as a brand, what it is that you're selling, how you help them, and then get them all the way to the end of the funnel, which is the the place of purchase. So what ClickFunnels does, it helps you build these series of landing pages in a systematic way which helps, helps the customer go down that process so that it seamlessly has them checking out in a way that is just super simple and easy. Does that make sense? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. In a, in a time like we are today where everybody has become a little bit uh, uh, budget, budget conscious, okay? And we throw around figures like, you know, um, Russell Branson's $100 million uh, uh, project and, and, you know, you being the million-dollar um, uh, uh, club generating, you know, generating a one single funnel, you know, those numbers may have a tendency of scaring some people right now because they're simply budget conscious. Yeah. Okay? Uh, can you give us a, a, a guide as to what is a, uh, a projected budget for something like that and who is a candidate for this type of funnel? Yeah. So when, when a typical client comes to me, um, they have somewhat of a business already, or they have money saved up to take on this venture and to really legitimize themselves as a personal brand. And they want to scale online. Okay. And they're looking for a way to do this in a done for you way where they could stay focused on what it is that they do best. And, get the heavy lifting done by somebody else, but we'll have them walk through a step-by-step process, right? So when, when you're looking for strategy to help you come to market in a way that's going to really resonate with your ideal client, the look and feel of a business to make you feel like you're proud to promote this thing called your business, right? Uh, and you have a systematic way to generate leads online and convert those leads into sales, that is the that is the process that we take our clients through through the brand accelerator program. So if you're looking to establish yourself with messaging, brand identity, website, funnel, you're looking at like a $36,000 investment. Okay. Okay. But you're getting a complete done for you program where within 90 days you will be out there looking like a million dollar business, right? 
Now you have to work your way up to make that million dollars. Sure. But you will be branded in a way that truly represents the value that you deliver to your audience. And that's the biggest thing. Because I see so many solopreneurs, coaches, consultants that have a great, great story behind them. They have a great product or service. They've been helping people for years, but they've never spent the time, money, and energy in branding themselves in a way that legitimizes their online presence. And they're getting killed by competitors with, with inferior products because they're just getting out marketed. They're getting out branded. So I'm trying to eliminate that. That is my, that is my goal is to help those folks crush those people. Yeah, and I think, I, I think there's a misconception that many solopreneurs have or, or, or uh, smaller businesses have, and they think that they can do it all. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you believe that? You know, they, 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 they want to run their social media. They want to run their marketing. They want to uh, produce content. They want to develop contact. Uh, you, you said something a minute ago. You went and decided that you were going to change your business model, and you went and met with the strategist, right? Yeah. So, so, so you, and then you built a team around that when you defined what your strategy was going to be, right? So you didn't, you, you, you created a team around building a business and a brand, okay? And and I I think a lot of solopreneurs miss that boat because. They're scared to invest a little bit of money, okay? Not knowing, not knowing that the end game, you know, $36,000 may sound like a lot of money right now, but when you know that that's going to take your business to the next level, okay, is it really a lot of money? From a percentage perspective, it's not, right? Yeah. So, I, I, you know, and, and I'm not sure what's the best way to be able to educate those solopreneurs to, 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 to make that leap. Now, let's talk about your podcast, uh, the Brand Doctor Podcast. Uh, how did you birth that and why? Oh, my Lord. So I've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. We're, uh, we're, going, on like 300 and, we're going on like 330 episodes. It's crazy. Uh, it's, over the yeah, past and over 77,000 plus uh, yeah. subscribers. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, we're getting over, yeah, we're getting over uh, about 73,600-something episodes downloaded a, a month, which is just absolutely mind blowing. I, I never thought when I started it, it would be that much, but, um, the way I, I had a lot to say, you know, and I still have a lot to say. And I thought podcasting is a great way to get that message out and a great way to amplify my story and amplify, um, my mission, you know, and my mission is to really help these folks that, want to sustain a, a healthy lifestyle that want a business that they can work from anywhere and do um, have a brand that really represents the true value that they deliver um, and have a step-by-step -step way of putting that all together, man, 13 years ago, I wish I had the brand accelerator program to enroll in. I was bouncing from, website guy to this guy to that guy. To, I didn't have any coaches. I figured it all out on my own and I made so many damn mistakes. I don't know how I didn't go out of business sooner, right? But I learned from those mistakes one after the other after the other. And here I am 13 years later feeling like I'm just getting started again because I feel like I just 
needed to go through those mistakes to get to where I'm at so I can help people fast track and not make those same mistakes that I went through. And so, uh, you know, until I die, I will be, I will be, um, uh, indebted to helping these folks do that. And, you know, this was a gift, Peter, and, you know, I've gotten some, some beautiful gifts in my life, but this one would probably be the best. You know, I'm not super religious, but I believe that somebody gave me this gift of communication and this gift of being able to create something out of nothing. And I want to be able to give that gift over and over and over and over again to other entrepreneurs that are ready, willing, and able to put in the work that needs to get put in to design the life of their dreams. Incredible. Tell us where people can find you today. Awesome. Very easy. You can simply Google the brand doctor. That's it. Just Google the brand doctor and you will find me immediately. But if you want a direct source to me, my website is unique designs with a Z at the end, not an S dot net. You'll get my Instagram. You'll get my YouTube. You get my podcast. Uh, you'll get some really cool, uh, free downloadable resources to help you build your personal brand uh, and uh, some really great case studies there as well to help you get inspired um, by uh, get inspired with creating this brand that you know, you want to build. You just can't figure out how to put all the pieces together. Well, here's where you can get that information. Henry, what do you want people to remember you by the most? Mm, that's a great question. You know, I want them to feel safe when they're around me. And I want them to feel like I left them better than when I found them. Uh, and ultimately, uh, I have a two and a half year old son. And ironically, it took my me and my wife two and almost two and a half years to have him due to complication. So it's funny uh, how everything comes full circle. But this kid is so smart and he's so sharp at two and a half years old. Uh, there's going to be a day where he's going to be able to Google his dad's name. And I am working so hard right now for that time to come and for him to be proud of what he reads, sees, and hears. Incredible. You know, this is that era where, you know, when, when our parents were growing up, they're worried about their reputation and the reputation was confined to the neighborhood, right? The local community, our reputation, our brand, our being is cyber It's everywhere. You know, people with a keystroke can find out who you are. And I think the importance of maintaining a credible, transparent, honest, direct, and caring and compassionate reputation is very important today. Henry, this podcast is called Coming Clean. Is there anything you want to come clean about? <laughs> yes. Uh, you got to come, cl come clean with yourself before you can come clean for anybody else. The incredible Henry Kaminsky Jr., founder of Unique Designs. Make sure you follow him and stay connected to him. Incredible human being. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being with, with us today. Talk to you thank soon. You, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Get it fast, nah. hit a dash in my position, you will never last. Nah. Real talk, I had to get it from the mall. Real talk, now I'm vibing with a bayro. Thanks again.
Thanks for joining us today on another episode of the Coming Clean Podcast. Make sure to join Peter and his next guest on a brand new episode as we continue changing and impacting lives across the world. Share this episode with a friend. Follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Go ahead and get it fast. Nah. Hit a dash in my position. You will never last. Nah.